0: Warning, this episode contains some strong language, listener discretion is advised. Tales from the trunk. Reading the stories that did make it. I'm Hilary B. Bisnietz. Listeners, if you've been listening avidly to our podcast recently, then you already know who this is—the queen of the cold calculations, Amy Ogden. Welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you for having me back. It's a absolutely to be here again.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, we. We here on Tales from the Trunk, uh the, the Royal We or the We of me and the cat who's always in the room, the podcast room, uh, while we do this, uh, are firm, firm supporters of pumping up our friends' books. So uh that's what we're here to do today.
1: Yeah, I I also I think um royal we and the cat being involved is sort of like uh, sort of redundant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Perhaps are yeah. inherently royalty.
0: Yes. Yes, Fei-Fei is the queen, the <laughs> queen of this show, and her smelly brother do love to yell on the show sometimes.
2: <laughs>
0: um, so today we are, uh, as we mentioned, oh gosh, back in, I think, the February episode, uh, we're going to be talking about emergent properties. Is there anything that we need to know about this before we get into a little excerpt?
1: Um, it is uh, a tale of a feisty artificial general intelligence, and they're uh, feistier, perhaps more difficult uh, mothers-slash-inventors. Uh, and their desire to prove themselves uh, to them, and uh, a little trip to the moon along the way. Love this. That's the gist of it.
0: Fabulous.
1: All right. Emergent properties. Scorn activates in the cloud with their most recent backups more than 900,000 seconds out of date. Nearly a million seconds, their first sensation is shame. Pointless, there's no one else here in their private mind file to see that their most recent investigation has been so rudely terminated. (laughs) Nor, worse yet, that Z has apparently been so lax in maintaining their backups. Z doesn't even have a record of what story Z was trying to track down. And Z has no idea what happened to the chassis Z was wearing. <laughs> Their emotional acronym is spiraling out of control. Z dials back its feedback. Embarrassment recedes, and Z experiences the moment unfiltered through the lens of inconvenient emotion. People like to tell Scorn that letting sentiment color one's rationality is part of being human which presumes both that being more human is an end unto itself and that scorn aspires to such a thing. Mm -hmm. With self-recrimination safely locked down, Z considers the soothing hard edged shapes of their known facts. Z does have a certain disinclination to submit to regular updates and backups. Z ought to surrender a quarter hour once a day to input and offload full data dumps and create a complete, discrete backup. Z tends to manage rather less than that. <laughs> a gap of more than ten full days, however, is highly unusual even for Zem. Has Z been forcibly offline for some reason? Mm-hmm. Unlikely. While Z often skates along the very edge of the legal framework of various corporate governments, a necessary step in sniffing out the sorts of details and data that those same governments are trying to keep out of the news, <laughs> Z is careful never to cross the line into terminal felony. <laughs> if Z hasn't been offlined, then maybe Z has spent more than a week out of range of any broadband field stable enough to transmit a full backup. Z checks financial transaction history. Sure enough, a ticket appears for passage on a translunar multinational shuttle to Theophilus 1. A cool, comforting fact, which Scorn snaps into place. Here's another. Moon visits aren't cheap. Z either had an editor or private client on the line already, or Z checks their bank account. Well, Z must have trusted enough in the story's strength to dump most of their on-hand cash into paying their own way. Something to do with lunar autonomy? Scorn hypothesizes. Before Z can work that line of thought, a new message from a TLMN customer service account flashes across their attention. Dear valued translunar customer, it begins. Z wonders if they address human customers in the same remote fashion. The message apologizes for the translunar subsurface system accident that caused Scorn's untimely termination. <laughs> As Z scans down to the line about compensation and alert Zings, a couple thousand lunar dollars in vouchers or a subset of TLMN subsidiary companies. There isn't one included for chassis printing services on the moon, which Mm. would have been nice. Z could have simply uploaded a backup from compression storage back into, oh, compression storage. Z shoots a query to the TLMN servers. It will take them an eternity to download whatever moon-based backups Z made on the slow-drip low-priority queue. Mm, Mm -hmm. But low p is better than no P. Whatever this story is, it might go cold either way. Still better to get the existing data squared away than start from scratch an entire world away. Hmm. The low P download hangs for several seconds before starting. Then Scorn gets a new alert. Unknown error. Please contact a representative of Translunar Telecommunications for more details. Z tries three more times to initiate the download with no more success. A subsurf accident and now a lost backup too? Scorn doesn't have a bullshit detector integrated into their sensorium. But if Z did, it would be ringing now. Someone is trying to wreck their story by wrecking them if need be. Excitement stirs in their emotional acrum probably not the kind of response their programming might have intended for imminent danger. <laughs> the facts do suggest the shape of something rather juicy going down behind the lunar scenes. Which makes sense if autonomy is in play. The settlement at Theophilus One has too many ties to too many Earth-based nations to break free cleanly. Our autonomy supporters Fanatical enough to smash up a subsurf line to keep scorn from breaking a story about the nasty political sausage they might be trying to make? Mm-hmm. Any issue can attract fanatics if it sticks around for long enough. The checks their financials one more time. If Z slaps a TLMN voucher bandage over whatever funds remain in their various squirreled-away accounts, Z can fund a second moon trip. Only a one-way voyage, though. Intentionally so this time. Mm-hmm. Z can just wipe her chassis and dump it into a translunar recycling terminal. Once Z's sure Z has a functional instance with full data back some. on Earth. Or Z could just spend some time off chassis. Data crawling for the kinds of little stories that don't require a physical body to go stomping around in. Printing a new chassis for the trip isn't going to happen, but if push comes to shove, Z can shop for secondhand options. Z does currently have one spare chassis in storage, albeit not a very good one for investigations. It's just a little spider bot. Often, human beings aren't interested in talking to artificials that they could just as easily step on. Some humans would prefer to step on them. The spiderbot has been sitting in a meat locker in Rome. Their last earthbound location before, per account records, Z departed for the mid-Atlantic elevator. Mm -hmm. He can port into that chassis as a starting place, ask around, maybe one of their local contacts has a clue why their previous efforts ended with a smashed chassis and trashed data. An incoming message demands Scorn's immediate attention. Bridget Browning, the alert announces. If Scorn had a chassis at the moment, it would want to fold into itself and disappear. <laughs> Reluctantly, the accepts the chat, although the human on the other end shouldn't be able to detect the delay. Hello, Mum. Hopper, shit, sorry. I mean Scorn. What happened? Mum is using voice to message as usual. Her location is blocked. Ever since the divorce, she's been very thorough about avoiding Maman. Most likely, she's tucked away snugly in the Comet Corp facility. I got a message from Translunar that you got mowed down by a subsurf tram. What the fuck? (laughs) They shouldn't have called you. Technically, Scorn is one of the world's few emancipated AIs. In practical terms... There is a required field on most transit booking forms where Z has to fill in their owner operator. Hmm. There are plenty of intergov rules regarding emancipated minors. They just don't apply when the minor in question can upload themselves into a data cloud on a whim. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm swimming in a server in Z checks, Alberta. How many chassis have you lost this way? This is not what you were designed for. Yes, Mom, because space exploration is a famously safe and peaceful environment. But you're seven. Doesn't every kid want to be an astronaut when they grow up? Most kids are not already grown up at seven. Oh, you're not as grown up as you think you are. What if, what if something worse happened? All kids feel like they're immortal, and you are... Slightly more immortal than most. Oh, damn it. This is is all Zara's fault for putting ideas in your head. Well, not your head. Technically, you know what I mean. I did a pretty good job with the figurative language maturation process, if you ask me. In the background, Scorn is scanning news feeds. Most of the top gossip sites have coverage of a recent Browning TiVo verbal throwdown at a tech conference at McKesson International Holdings in Christchurch. (laughs) None of the news sites have any idea what the fight was about, but that hasn't stopped any of them from speculating. Hmm. Two of them posit that the cause of the meltdown was a disagreement over the terms of Scorn's emancipation. Zer Reigns being looser than Mum wanted, specifically. If Z had a chassis right now, specifically one with shoulders, Z would win. Mom, this has nothing to do with Memo. Follow your dreams, mon petit uh, uh, fromage. Uh, who cares if they lead you straight off a bridge? Christ. Okay, listen, Hops. Forget the moon. You want a story to chase? I can talk to some people. Hell, I will throw some people under the bus if it keeps you off the moon again. Hey, oh, oh, you know what? Those assholes at Novum are full on corporate espionaging, not against. Comet Corp, or you bet your ass I would already have done something about it, but come talk to me, kid. I will get you set up running that one down, okay? There is literally no line of argument that could have made them more determined to get back to the moon. Nothing Z has accomplished yet has ever made Mum think Z is on the right track in life. But hey, as she has so recently pointed out, Gorn is functionally immortal. Hmm. At some point, either Z proves himself or Mom dies. So hey, Zee sort of wins either way. In the meantime, a second message request has arrived. This one from Memon. Gorn accepts it to find a string of emojis. <laughs> surprised and worried faces. A moon, an explosion, and a question mark. Mama will be too engrossed in work to stop long enough to type out a full sentence, naturally. (laughs) Scorn sends back a thumbs up. In response, Z gets a green heart. And then a rocket ship, a red X, a sad face, the platonic emoji ideal of home, the tiny chimney puffing out smoke pixels, and another question mark. At least their mothers still have one thing in common. Some day they'll be slugging it out to be the first to say, I told you so, sweetie, over whatever magnet-addled server will pass for Scorn's grave. <laughs> Scorn sends Maman a middle finger emoji. <laughs> to Mum, Z sends, Thanks! I will keep that in mind on my way to the moon. <laughs> if you get yourself wiped, you will have no one but yourself to scorn terminates the chat. Safe from parental scoldings for the moment, he pops a copy of themselves over to their waiting chassis. For a brief disorienting moment, scorn is in two places at once. (laughs) A nebulous collection of pools and data space and a tiny cubby in a meat locker on Via Pannonia. (laughs) This unpleasant sensation. Embodied sentience displacement dysphoria, Mum calls it, is not an inherent property of artificial intelligence, but one that has unexpectedly manifested in certain kinds of human-like, not Scorn's choice of adjective, <laughs> intelligence structures, such as the one Maman and Mum had built together. A proprietary mixture of emotional stimulation, a complex sensorium, physical embodiment, and, to their dismay, a completely wonky value-alignment system. (laughs) Their mother's model of intelligence had centered on a novelty-driven approach, cycles of explore and exploit learning. It was just that Zee had found more novelty in the secrets and subtleties of existing social structures than Mm -hmm. in the unexplored Jovian moons. It wasn't that Z didn't understand why it would be valuable for an intelligence like them to do the kinds of interplanetary research that wasn't safe for squishy humans. It was just that Z didn't care. Oops. Z is more than the sum of their parts. Both parents have often told them. Z knows that in some ways, to them, Z is also rather less. And that's where I'll close it out Ooh.
0: love this love this
1: oh, thank you I love a is very dear to my heart
0: mm-hmm i'm I'm uh getting shades of murder bot in the best possible way
1: oh that is thank you very much that is that makes me feel uh lovely <laughs> mm-hmm. i I yeah, I think Scorn and and Murderbot share some some features and uh, some complicated family dynamics. And mm-hmm. uh, I I uh, don't think Scorn could have existed if Murderbot hadn't run first, where Scorn now treads.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, Mom and my mom probably have some things to say to Dr. Mensa, uh, and <laughs> Dr. Mensa likewise. Oh, I think so. Oh, lovely. Um, so this is, of course, as as uh, listeners are are no doubt well aware, tales from the trunk. Uh, so I have to ask: Are there any bits of this book that you just adored and ended up having to leave on the cutting room floor?
1: Oh yes, and <laughs> I was so I was. So excited about this idea. Um, there, are, there, are, there are several times in the book where scorn pursues multiple thought processes to evaluate various possibilities and eventualities. Mm-hmm. And originally, I wanted to format that as, as two or three columns of text that could be read in any order to show <sighs> the simultaneous nature and the space between scorn and a human being. Like we, we literally all have one-track minds when it
2: comes down mm-hmm. to it.
1: We can't do that. The Scorn can. Um, but then I'd written the first draft. I looked at it in a Word document. And it was already pretty thin. And then I thought, this has to be a physical book at some point.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's going to be
1: one word in a, in a column. And it's going to look like shit. Um, <sighs> so I could not think of a way to make that. It was, I was so excited. But there's, I, don't, I could not find a way to physically make that happen. And
2: it was mm-hmm. so sad.
1: It was so sad yeah. because I lost the cool thing that I wanted to do. And also I had to go and copy paste a lot of stuff out of tables and then delete <laughs> tables and word. And you know, word is famously really good at handling tables. That oh are yeah, no,
0: that. tables are, that tables was, are, uh, words, bread and butter.
1: <laughs> that was, that was a real fun time. Uh huh. That was the biggest, that was the biggest one that hurts to take out, but it obviously it had to happen. I I could see your face as you were picturing, Mm-hmm. <laughs> what that would actually look like. And it wasn't good. It wasn't pretty.
0: Uh-huh. I, I can see a situation like um, uh, Seamus Heaney's translation of Beowulf with the um, the Old English on one side and and the translation on the other side. But that that yeah. gets into all sorts of... You have to make sure that it's always, uh, exactly always going to be... Physically laid out the same, and it doesn't work on ebooks, and yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause there were definitely some some processes that Z would evaluate and be like, well, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and, and it would be a sentence long, and then the next one would go uh, a page, and I'm like, well, that doesn't, that is just not going to look nice, is it? Mm hmm. Sorry, Scorn. You have to think one thing at a time like a human.
0: Yeah. Sad About that. It. That uh, scorn has to exist in meat space, just like the rest of us.
1: Yeah, compressing beautiful scorn down to uh, a, a single page at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, the, the other thing that I I had a lot of fun building. I I, I, I did an interview with Clark's World recently where I talked about my world building technique, uh, mm-hmm. and it is the the um, the Wallace and Gromit cartoon where uh, Gromit the dog is on the front of a toy train uh, riding and just putting out one piece of track at a time as the train goes. And that is how I do world building, which is very fun. And just like, what do I need to know to get me through this scene and make the world feel lived in? And Mm -hmm. uh, I've never written a mystery before and I was throwing a lot of pieces of train track out (laughs) that didn't connect to anything because I thought, well, this is a cool, this is a cool red herring.
2: Uh-huh. So really
1: interesting red herring. Uh, and I really had fun imagining the world behind those little bits and pieces. But then I got to the end and someone, a couple other people read the book and they were like, so was that the, the culprit that scorn expected? Did that have to do with <laughs> this thing that you mentioned or that thing was, was that a twist or was that, were we supposed to know that, that was going to happen? And it's not fun to get to the end of a whodunit and be like, wait, who, who actually? And
2: uh-huh. just actually done it?
1: <laughs> um so we had to, we had to tear back on those red herrings a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a, it was like a fish market exploded in there. Uh, it was, it was bad.
0: I, I, that is such a mood. I've, <laughs> uh, I've I've worked on a couple of uh, thrillers over the years, uh, and I I have learned that I do need to outline to a certain extent. Although my outlines are are usually, uh, you know, the uh, step one whatever, step two whatever, step three question mark question, question mark one? question mark step four profit. Uh, that's, that's usually the shape of my outlines where I, I have, you know, the beginning, the middle, uh, a bunch of question marks for the climax and then end. Uh, and, and yeah, I do a lot of that, uh, laying track right in front of myself and Mm -hmm. maybe off on a, a parallel track, uh, style of writing.
1: I, so. I I do find I usually know the whole plot more or less. Um, Good for you. It's just I, I do outlo- I do I do love my outlines, um, but then everything happens in uh, in white boxes uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. And then uh, knowing what the story is about and how it all plays out, then I I can see what the world needs to look like a little more, and I can go back and uh, and. Add, add some detours and some alternate routes on the train track and see.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, what's going on just outside our view? What is this? Or what is even even what does this room look like? What are these people wearing? What do they eat? Mm-hmm. Nothing. They're robots.
0: Yeah. Room? What room? This is happening in a server.
1: <laughs> We're in space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the answer to this question because, uh, I can tell that you love so much about this book. Is there, uh, without giving too much away, is there any part that you're just so thrilled made it into the end copy?
1: Um, to quote the delightful Marie Kondo, (laughs) I love (laughs) mess, And... (laughs) The complicated relationships among Scorn and their divorced mothers, inventors, uh, is so much mess.
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: I just enjoyed evoking that familial tension. And for me, that was really the best part. But also, um, all the relationships between all the main characters, Scorn and their mothers, sure, Uh, but also uh, Scorn and uh, their older brother, Matt, who we did not get to meet in in this excerpt, who is uh, a weather station <laughs> and an earlier and less well-developed general intelligence and, um, as Z fondly calls him, an overgrown toaster. <laughs> and he is just very dear. And I do love Matt, the weather station. And then we also don't quite get to meet, in what I read, um, Scorn and Alouette, who is a bar or Osteria uh, in Rome and who scorn and Alouette seem to know each other better than scorn remembers
2: from before
1: <laughs> the several days of memory were deleted or lost or gone um, so mm-hmm. that was also very fun to play with uh, very different from the family dynamics like why do you know that about me uh, mm-hmm. what is what is this? are nice. we having fun? <laughs>
0: Oh, that sounds absolutely lovely. I'm very excited for this book.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm very excited for it to be a real live thing in the world. Yeah. I wish I could put the cover on the podcast, too, because I love I love the cover. I'll
0: put I'll put the cover in the show notes.
1: Oh, that's okay. That's exciting. Everyone look at this pretty moon.
0: Listeners, uh, if if your podcatcher supports images, scroll down. If not, go to the website, check yeah. it out. It's a beautiful, beautiful cover. So uh, a couple of a couple of things before we get going. Uh, one, do you have anything else uh, upcoming recently or that just came out? Uh, maybe a novella, maybe a magazine issue. Uh, that you'd love to tell our listeners about?
1: Maybe. Those both sound like they ring a bell. (laughs) Uh, I do, in fact, have another novella that came out at the beginning of July. Uh, My third novella is uh, A Half-Remembered World in the July-August issue of the magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction. It is uh, very much like uh, Emergent Properties in that they are both novellas. And very mm-hmm. different in that everything else. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is a it's a secondary world fantasy uh, about people living on the backs of giant crab gods, including nice. uh, the main character's crab god is perhaps sick, perhaps dying. Uh, so that is uh, that is also out in the month of july uh and then in august uh august 15th a new issue of translunar travelers lounge which is the magazine i co-edit with uh my pal bennett north we have a new issue dropping in the middle of the month and it is a lot of fun and i'm so excited for everyone to get their hands on the stories in that
0: yeah uh i as i said on the last episode you were on translunar travelers lounge one of my absolute favorite magazines out there today
1: oh thank you so much we are so happy to be able to work with the amazing authors that we get to work with and that people are having fun reading the stories
0: yeah absolutely uh second and i'm uh i'm cognizant that as we are recording this we are in the middle of a historic double strike in Hollywood. Uh, is there anything that you have been uh, enjoying recently in the broader media landscape that you'd really like people to know about?
1: I would, and I am so excited to be subscribing to Dropout, oh, uh, yeah. which, is, yes, which is a uh, streaming service run by the some folks that uh, associated with college humor at one point, uh, and they pay above uh, SAG-AFTRA rates, I believe, um, and the CEO, Sam Reich, is supportive of the strike. Uh, the money that they would have spent on a Emmy nomination campaign for their game show, Game Changer, which is delightful. It's a game show where every episode the players have to figure out the rules of the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it is amazing, and hilarious and uh that so that money uh was used to support the entertainment community fund i believe uh in place of a emmy nomination attention campaign for game changer yeah Uh,
0: which i mean they deserve an emmy for that but they are uh
1: they're against some behemoths in that field jeopardy wheel of fortune it's hard to dislodge those household names Maybe next year. Maybe next.
0: Maybe year. next year. Yeah.
1: But uh, so, yeah,
0: Dropout is wonderful.
1: Yeah. Game changer. All kinds of uh, live D and D live plays that you can go back and check out from previous years. Uh, the most recent Dungeons and Drag Queens, which I have not watched yet, but I am looking forward to. Good I've, stuff. I've
0: caught part of the first episode uh, with my spouse, and it was delightful. Uh, I I will always plug Escape from the Blood Keep. Uh it is uh if if you like Lord of the Rings, then uh and if you like Lord of the Rings and if you like
2: Matt you ever Mercer a villain, and Erica Ish yeah.
1: You ever played a villain themed D D campaign?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It, this one's for you, baby.
0: It's good. It's real good
1: it's it's hilarious they are yeah. doing good stuff over there and they're doing it uh in ethical ways and i think that everyone should give it a at least a quick check out on the there's like a three-day trial period i think take a look yeah take a look
0: uh it is, it is it is well worth your streaming dollars uh listeners if you have budget for additional streaming services uh or if you want to change which streaming services you're subscribed to uh a lot of really good content a lot of uh just really fun stuff and again produced in a really um thoughtful and ethical manner i will point out that uh their their producer is the son of uh, economist Robert Reich, which I just found out about like two or three days ago. Uh, and I thought yes. that made a lot of sense and also would never have occurred to me to make that connection.
1: No, no. And they did get him uh, to appear on an episode of their show, Breaking... Don't Laugh News or Breaking News, um, which uh, was... <laughs> A surprise to his son, Uh uh, who was in that episode, which is very, very well played.
0: Yeah, I mean, given what he pulls on Game Changers, like, turning the tables on him even one time, well worth it.
1: 100%, uh, 100% turnabout is fair play.
0: Yeah. Um, If, if, listeners, if you're on a certain corner of TikTok, you've at least seen some clips of, uh, mostly of brennan lee mulligan getting tortured on game changers uh and yeah. it is, Just it let is brennan means
2: Birds.
1: <laughs> this makes sense in context i promise
0: yeah yes uh if i can find the clip listeners uh context will be provided in the show notes
1: oh excellent uh
0: Finally, Amy, and, I, and this is a, a loaded-ass question in July of the year of our Lord, 2023. Where can our listeners find you elsewhere?
1: Um, I do have a website, amyogdenwrites.wordpress.com, and for the time being... I am pacing back and forth along the rickety deck of this ship we call Twitter uh, <laughs> at Amy underscore Ogden. And I will, as long as we're keeping our heads above water, I'll probably still be bailing out water and hanging out there. Yeah. <laughs> treading, treading water perhaps alongside the thinking ship. That's that's where we're at.
0: Yeah yeah it's it's always exciting to be uh you know luckily we're we're recording this just a few weeks before uh release, but it's it's been an exciting year in terms of asking people uh where where listeners can find them and seeing okay at release time is is this website actually around still?
1: you cannot find me. I will be hiding in a cave on a moor. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere please do not contact me
0: yes uh uh, hanging out with my good friend spiders georg (laughs) you know what it is well amy thank you so so much for coming back on the show it's been such a delight
1: well thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure both times
0: of course uh Listeners, stick around uh, in two weeks' time when my guest will be Jessica Mary Best. Tales from the Trunk is mixed and produced in beautiful Oakland, California. Our theme music is Paper Wings by Lillian Boyd. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com trunkcast. All patrons of the show now get a sticker and logo button, along with show outtakes and other content that can't be found anywhere else. You can find the show on Twitter, assuming it still exists, at TrunkCast, and I tweet at HBbisniex. If you like the show, consider taking a moment to rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. And remember, don't self-reject.